Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, Glenn. All right, brother. How you doing, Mikey? Good oh, morning. You know, doing good. Doing good this morning. I uh, I wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell you that, you know, technology has challenged me today. How about you? <clears throat> well, that's why we have our brother, Barista, Brian. But uh, we're being challenged today because we're going remote. We're going mobile. And uh, a little, you know, that's, a little that's got you rattled a little bit, brother. I can tell it's got you rattled. Just have another cup of coffee. Don't worry. About I know. It. Just a little. Just a it's little. It's all great. help. Right. It's all great. So what's happening today? Well, you know, table for three, Glenn. Oh, man, I love table for threes. I love it. I so let, let me tee this up a little bit. So sure. um, as you know, as as our, our listeners know, we're out there on social media. We've got uh, Instagram. Uh, we, we've got this thing called Twitter. We've, we've got our Sober.Coffee website, which is a great, it lists all our um, all our episodes great resource room and and no that's not sober.coffee.com that's just just type in sober.coffee get a lot of questions well do i type in tot.com and the answer is no um but reached out and, and, and connected you know and we read some great stories of folks out there and a couple months ago i connected with this woman sarah tucker howe uh h-o-w-e and um, she just told a story, and it just resonated with a lot of the, the stories that we had. And, and so I reached out, and I said, hey, sir, would you ever consider jumping on and, you know, joining us in, in the sober coffee shop and just kind of sharing your story and of experience, strength, and hope and, you know, what happened and what you did and, and where you are now? And graciously, Sarah said yes. So, Sarah, welcome to the Sober Coffee Podcast Coffee Shop. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I also have my big cup of coffee. So love it, love it. yes, yes. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. You know, the one thing uh, Glenn shared with me, a post, I guess, that you did. And uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, I just remember the content of the post. And I thought, wow, now there's somebody who I could really relate to because in your post, Sarah, you talked about how and we, we just had somebody on, if you get a chance to listen to it, um, Veronica Valley, and she's uh, she's wrote a book called Soberful. And in the book, she calls it the great con, right? What the alcohol companies want us to believe about alcohol. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw in your post where you're like, man, this is just so wrong. I mean, you know, it doesn't deliver on the promise of this, you know, glitzy life and happy-go-lucky. And that's what I saw in your post. I thought, I really want to share a coffee with her and, and learn more about that that viewpoint. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's, you know, um, like Glenn and I were chatting a little bit before we started recording. Um, I think what's kind of different about my story is um, it was kind of like the gray area of drinking. So it was never, you know, knocked down, drag out, going to rehab. Um, situation. It was just, I was using it to cope. Um, And I think I finally realized, you know, if I keep doing this, I'm never going to deal with all the emotions. I'm just going to keep masking them. 
and for me, I didn't want to live my life that way anymore. Um, so I finally had to strip it all back and figure it out. Yeah, sure. I, I think that's so. I think that's so good because a lot of people sit there and say, you know, and and with with drinking, there's a lot of self talk. At least for me, I mean, there's so much going on inside this head. You know, I call it head trash sometimes. But it, you know, th there's a lot of people that that share their story and they're like, you know, it wasn't that bad, right? Um, and 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 I love how you said, hey, it's the gray area, but the gray area can be really dark, you know. And, and, and there's people that are like, well, I'm not living under a bridge. I'm not drinking out of that, you know, paper bag. You know, I'm not going to rehab. I'm not going to 75 detoxes like Glenn did. It's not that bad. Um, right. And, and they avoid getting help because of it. I totally, I completely agree with you. And um, my mom has now been sober for almost nine years, but I'll never forget. Oh, that's when, awesome. that's, yeah. That's yeah. Nice, it's, nice. it's awesome. And when she texted my brother and I that she had gotten her first AA chip, we didn't even know she had been going to AA. And we both like called each other and we were like, wait, mom was an alcoholic? Like, huh? Because <laughs> it was never, she, you know, she was a great mother. She raised us, she was always there for us. But to her, in looking back now, I was like, oh, maybe she was drinking a lot. But it was never, um, she didn't like not pick us up from school or, you know, things like that. She was always there. So I think seeing that, then I like kind of reflected back on my relationship with alcohol and I was like, hmm, is, is what I'm doing healthy? Like, is this benefiting me? And when I took a good hard look at it, it wasn't, it was no longer serving me. It wasn't adding anything good to my life. Yeah, so one, one quick point about your mom. Um, someone like me that, she went a year before she made the announcement and shared that she was an AA and here's my wonder coin, right? Um, the way I looked at it, Mike, I think a little bit with you is, you know, we're so used to our words, right? And so when, when I started in AA, when I started saying, hey, I gotta get help, I mean, I would tell everybody because I just wanted everybody to excuse my actions with a couple words, right? And, and so I love the fact that she went out there and did it and, and did the actions. And then, you know, once she made progress, then she used the words and, and, and brought you guys in. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of, uh, you know, back my first year. And uh, as Glenn pointed out, it was so challenging for me because I was living in what they call the pink cloud. I mean, I was, I was living everything you touched about in your post. Um, Sarah, it was, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is life without alcohol. And what, a, why didn't I make this life choice? You know, so I beat myself yeah. up for a little bit. Why did I make this life choice earlier? And, and, but, but it reminds me of a song. Um, I was, I was afraid for myself to make the announcement because there's a song and I forgot who the band is, but the, the words are, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What if I lose my step and I make fools of us all? Will your love continue? if my walk becomes a crawl, right? And mm. I'm like, what if I stumble? What, you know, yeah. and I'm supposed to be this example and I don't want to be a bad face to sobriety life. Oh yeah, see, people just can't do it. And uh, then I stopped thinking of that way and I just started saying, you know what, let's just get through today. And uh, and that was really yeah. my, that was really my pivotal moment. Yeah, I think that's so good. Like getting through today, not looking at, how many years you have left in this life, which we never know how long we're going to be here, but just getting through this single day is, 
such a huge victory. So mm-hmm. looking at it like that, I think it's a good, really good way to be. Right. So Sharon, why don't, why don't you just jump in and share your story a little bit? Um, you're also sharing about, you know, kind of an event that you went to that was very impactful for you. And Yeah, so, um, so I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, not that that matters, but just whoever's listening, if you're in Nashville, Love hello. Nashville. Um, so I, and I've lived here my whole life, except for a little bit of college. So native Nashvilleian, love it so much. Um, but I started drinking pretty young. Um, I have an older brother. He's two years older than I am. And I started drinking when I was 15. Um, freshman in high school was my first drink. And, you know, I thought that that was pretty normal. All my friends were drinking. We'd go to house parties, blah, blah, blah. You know, typical high school at least for people that I was around. I know some Mm -hmm. people didn't drink in high school, but for me, it seemed very typical. Really common. Very common. Um, I would go to parties, you know, some parties I would black out and I thought that that was just fun and what you did. And looking back, it's like, oh my gosh. But anyway, um, so then after high school, I went to college um, at at Mississippi State in Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, my brother was there. He was two years older, like I said. So I went. He was the only person that I knew. Um, and I continued drinking there. Um, drank a lot, made some good friends, was having a blast, right? And then in my spring semester, I got in a pretty bad car accident. Um, it was in the afternoon. I was sober when the accident happened. Um, but I fell asleep at the wheel and flipped four times going 65 miles an hour on cruise control. Oh my gosh. Um, and I broke my arm, wrist, neck, thumb, collarbone, punctured my lung, had a stroke and a brain injury. Uh, I was 19 years old. So needless to say, my life changed dramatically um, in that moment. Um, I was in the ICU for a while in the hospital down in Mississippi. And then I came back home to my parents' house and my mom quit her job we had a hospital bed at my house and she took care of me. I mean, I couldn't dress myself or wipe myself or bathe any of that. Um, so that, you know, really halted my life for a little bit and completely changed the trajectory of my life. Um, so after I lived with my parents for a while, I got a apartment with a friend and I met my now husband and I was, you know, so before the wreck, living at home, high school, a little bit of college, independent. And then my independence was just stripped very quickly again. So once I got back out, I started partying and drinking again and going wild. Wild for me. I don't know. Everyone's wild meter is a little different. Um, but it was wild for me. And so I was drinking a lot again, going out, partying, staying up all night, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then... My husband and I got married in 2016 and the next few years I just, I drank, you know, pretty regularly, but it was, it was not the party Sarah anymore. It was married Sarah a little bit more calm. Um, and then in 2018, my relationship with food was, got pretty unhealthy. Um, I was restricting food. I was basically using food to cope and alcohol. Um, So at the end of 2019, I decided all of 2020, I'm gonna give up alcohol for a year. 
I'm going to go to therapy for a year and I'm going to get off birth control. I've been on birth control for like 14 years. And I don't know if y'all know this, but the birth control pill can really mess with a woman's body. And I didn't really realize that. So I did that for a full year. I went to therapy, didn't drink alcohol and got off the pill. And 2020, as we all know, a funny year to choose to do that. <laughs> but I didn't know what was about to happen to our world. And I stuck with it. Um, so I thought that was that was really great that I did all that. And I learned a lot about myself that year and how I was using food and alcohol to cope with a lot of things, um, things from my past, um, things in my present, all of that. And then 2021, I drank a little bit off and on. Um, but I just realized I was kind of like, why am I doing this? It just wasn't serving me. I would sleep like crap. I'd feel like crap the next day. I just didn't really, didn't really vibe with it anymore. And I had to reevaluate, okay, Sarah, remember last year when you didn't drink for a year and how amazing you felt and how good you felt, but also how you felt, you felt emotions, you I felt hard things, you felt good things. You actually felt things where, in my opinion, with alcohol, you, you really don't because you're just numbing all of these feelings. So then... January 14th of this year was the last drink that I've had. And um, I still go to therapy. I love therapy. <laughs> um, but I think that I just finally was like, wait, why am, I, why am I still doing this if it's literally not serving me at all? And I enjoy life so much more without it. And I'm not saying it's easy. This is not an, an easy thing to go through. Um, but I don't the life being any other way now. Yeah, that's incredible. And, you know, Glenn often talks about this. I talk a lot about my regression mentally. I, I don't want to go back to where I was, right? But you mm. and Glenn uh, hold on to something different, and that that is a little greed, right? I want more of what I've got, right? So, you know, yeah, those times were bad, and, and you know, there's a line in AA program that says, you know, um, won't forget my past, you know, nor wish, won't regret my past, nor wish to forget it. You know, it, like I need to remember where I came from, but yeah. like you guys are embracing where you are and where you're going. And I love how you said it's not easy. I mean, you said the words emotions and feelings and you got to kind of kind of navigate through all that stuff. And and guess what? Guys feel the same way. You know, they got yes. you got the same emotions, same feelings. And we got to kind of navigate through them. It's it's uh, not easy but well worth it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. And I think it's too for men, at least, you know, how most men are raised here in the U.S. It's like, don't feel your feelings. Get back right. in there. Buckle up. And yeah, right. so it's it's hard to, but we're all human beings. We all have emotions. We all have feelings. And let's just start talking about them, you know? <laughs> so, so what do you tap into then, Sarah, now when you're you're going to an event, right? So you're going to an event and there's going to be a lot of alcohol there. What are you tapping into that that drives you to have a soda? Um, for me, so I love my sleep. I love feeling good the next day. I have an aura ring. I don't know if y'all have heard of the aura mm. ring. I have seen um, them, yeah. Okay, so this, I've had it for let's see about a year and a half and it it tells you your sleep rim all the things and it gives you like a recovery score to let you know if you're good like to work out you need to rest based on all of 
your bodily signs, like your heart rate, your HR, our heart rate variability, all of that. So when I was still drinking, one drink made my sleep awful. My heart rate would be elevated all night. My heart rate variability would be all the way low. My body temperature would be elevated. Um, just the data from this is really motivating to me to be like, what is, what is more important, the next two hours of my life or the next night of sleep and my full day tomorrow? I think I started looking at it as, um, is this worth how I'm gonna feel tonight, tomorrow, my future, my goals? Is this little two hour window having a drink really worth it? And, and for me, it wasn't. Yeah, you're, you're taking the time to play the tape forward. And, yes, and, and, yes. And yeah, no, this, it's just, this bump is gonna take me off my path for a couple of days. Is it worth exactly. it? Exactly, exactly. And I also work at a hospital and, you know, some patients have alcoholism in their past and just seeing the things that it can do to you health-wise also is a motivator for me. You know, I, I like to feel good and it's not helping. It's just alcohol is poison. Right. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I use that train of thought for a lot of areas in my life, like especially going to the gym. You know, I have a, and, and I know, and we're going to dig in here in a second, but I know you're like a certified health coach and a personal trainer and, and all that great stuff. Um, there, there was a period of my life where I wouldn't even talk to people like you because um, I felt so ashamed. But, uh, you know, I, I, I have a life-threatening allergy to exercise. Um, but yet, lately, I've been getting to the gym. I've been trying to lose some weight. I'm getting to the gym. And, and what I tell myself is, is the same thing that you just went through, um, is that, you know, for the next 45 minutes, it's, in my mind, it's just going to be painful. I mean, I don't, I don't enjoy it. Um, I just did a personal best last week uh, for a 5K. I did it on the treadmill in the gym. Um, and I did a personal best on the Stairmaster. And during that period of time, the pain and head trash going inside my head was incredible. But I kept telling myself, after this 45 minutes, the rest of the day will be so much better. Tomorrow will be so much better. And it was and it is. So I, I love that. I also use that with, with you know drinking. If I sit there and say, if I can get through this next 30 minutes of, you know, being uncomfortable, right? Or, or, you know, feeling like crap, you know, or, you know, if I can suffer through this and I use the word suffer, it's kind of suffering in my head, but the rest of the day is gonna be so much better because if I drink, I mean, I know what happens when I drink. I have to go find some detox center. I mean, I've proven that so many times. So I, I love how that you, you put that. So what are some of the tools you know, Mikey just asked when you go to like drinking events, but what are some of the tools that you use today when when you don't feel it, right? So when you talk about, hey, you know, I drank to kind of mask how I felt. Today, you don't drink, so you feel. So what do you do, you know, through those things? I know you're in therapy, but, you know, you know, some, some therapists don't wake up at four in the morning when you have those feelings, right? So what kind of tools do you use? Um, that's a great question. And... I I love journaling. I think writing, getting your the J feelings. Word, Mikey, Mikey, the J word. <laughs> getting your feelings out on paper, out of your mind, um, it can be very, very helpful. I also read a lot of. Actually, I have them sitting right here. I have these little books, 
and um, I read these every morning and just journal about it or think about it. I really like this one. It's called A Year of Positive Thinking. Um, and they're just little one line, just, you know, a couple sentences like today. <laughs> this is funny. Okay, I'm just going to read this one. It's a couple of sentences, right. okay? Okay, so the title is You Will Do Well. It says, the path isn't linear. It's often zigzagged and crooked. The journey will sometimes feel like an uphill battle and at other times a downhill slide, depending on the moment. Life may turn out differently than you expected, but it turns out exactly as it should. You will thrive. You will do well. So, love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. That's, that summarizes a lot. Yeah, and you how will do well. appropriate that was for today and um, this podcast. But um, reading these books, journaling, moving my body, all of that is very therapeutic to me. Um, it doesn't have to be intense. Going on a walk, I think walking is the most underrated form of exercise. Um, it's literally bilateral stimulation for your brain. The right, left, right, left, right, left. It can release trauma. Um, I think walking is amazing. Yoga, stretching, um, because a lot of times we have this energy in our body and literally just moving through that can help to release it. So. I would say movement journaling and reading books like that um, are really helpful for me. And then talking to a friend or a loved one when you're feeling something that can really be there for you and hold space for you. We don't do this alone, do we? No. No, that's great. That's great. So really appreciate you jumping on with us, sharing, sharing part of your journey. Yeah. How do, folks, how do folks get in touch with you? You know, you're a personal trainer, certified health coach. Yeah. Financial guru. um so i'm pretty active on instagram as y'all have found me there so at sarah tucker howe s-a-r-a-t-u-c-k-e-r-h-o-w-e and my website is sarahtuckerhowe.com i do health coaching and personal training i can do health coaching virtually i mainly work with women with health coaching um, their relationship with food because as we've talked about here um, food is usually a coping mechanism so we talk about mindfulness, mindset, movement, um, all of those things to kind of figure out other ways to cope besides food and working on that relationship with food. Excellent. And we're gonna put uh, we're gonna put those data points in the resource room too. So if you're listening and you didn't jot it down, it's at Sarah Tucker How um, hash whatever that's her her Instagram name and then at yeah. SarahTuckerHow.com. We'll put those links in the resource room so people can get in touch with you. And just so you know, we call them mood rings, okay? Moodering. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because because I use a Fitbit that tells me the same thing. In fact, it's so funny because you know I'll I'll wake up and feel like I have a great night's sleep, and then I'll look at my Fitbit numbers. And I'm like, oh crap, I didn't sleep as good as I thought. And then there's some some days I feel like oh, I slept like crap, and my numbers are awesome. Yeah, you, you have know, to like, so take it with a grain of salt for sure. You know, feelings are not facts. That's right. Sarah, That's right. It's, been, it's been great having you on. I love your energy. I love your positive outlook on things and i and i love the tools you left us with movement reading journaling you know staying in touch with others i think they were just great takeaways well thank you thanks so much for having me it was fun having coffee with you all right right. sarah thank you so much all right thanks all right bye-bye bye thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat to contact the show email us at podcast at sober.coffee if you need immediate help the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. 
The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.